Hello there, everybody. Welcome, Welcome to Jewish. To Jewish. Season two. What awful podcast, pure baloney, with a little gefilte on the side. We have all been broadcasting too long. You would think we had a little pride. Jewish. You got us on our knees, Jewish. Yes. Listeners are begging, please, Jewish. Yes. Gosh darn, stop this sleaze so ill defined. <laughs> and it's Murray Monday. Murray! Oh, oh, after all that. Okay, I'm going back. Hang on. You tell me when you're ready to start. Murray! Oh, there we go. Now we're ready. All right. Go ahead. Start us. Well, it's Murray Monday, folks, and we're here with our usual guest on Mondays. I don't have my script up, so I'm just kind of winging it. (laughs) (laughs) The great golf correspondent, Thucydides Johnson, here to tell us about the Mitsubishi Electric Championship and the LPGA Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions, and, of course, today's 72nd anniversary of Ben Hogan's famous victory in the Long Beach Open. How are you, Thucydides? I am fantastic. How are you? Good, good. A lot of golf action this weekend, huh? It was a pretty full slate. Can I I tell you about it? Yeah, please do. Please do. Over, Over in the European tour... Terrell Hatton edged out Rory McIlroy and Jason Scribner to win the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship, in so doing, moving to fifth in the overall golf world rankings. Jessica Corda playing in the final group alongside her sister Nellie Corda, and in her 11th year on tour at the tender age of 27, shot a historic 60 in round three and rallied from two back of Danielle Kang in the final round to force a playoff and then sank a 30-foot putt on the first playoff hole to win the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. It was her sixth LPGA Tour win. 30 feet is far on a putt, right? You have to, you have to yeah, hit it. Yeah, especially under pressure on a playoff hole. But she was playing with her sister. They asked her about it. She didn't talk about how it made her feel relaxed and good, but I think it did. But let me tell you about Siwoo Kim and the PGA Tour. Yeah, tell us about Siwoo King and the PGA Tour. Oh, so glad you asked. I he am asking. a streak of 102 consecutive PGA Tour starts to capture his third PGA Tour win, the American Express Championship in La Quinta, California, at the age of 25. He edged out Patrick Cantlay, who maybe can't lay, but he sure can golf. Ooh, Rob Oppenheim. Ooh, yeah. we have a li- got a little risque there. Fortunately, my partner wasn't listening. I wasn't listening. No, and we um, have no Rob way Oppenheim to beat things out. Forty seventh so. at seven under par. Hey, there's a Jew. Excellent. Good. Yes. yes. No one cried. I didn't. I think. I think the age of weeping might be over for a little while. They only cry when the Jews win. They maybe that's it. Yeah. And Ben Hogan defeated Jimmy Demerit in an eighteen hole playoff to win the Long Beach Open at Lakewood Country Club in Long Beach, California. He won two thousand dollars plus two bucks a head, a total of twenty five hundred dollars for a forty five hundred dollar payday. That that was seventy two years ago though. 
Yeah, that was that pretty last good. One. Yeah. And and so how it said it was an 18 hole playoff. Were they tied after the first 17 they were tied holes? Tied after four rounds, and that's how they used to do. And that wasn't even a uh, that wasn't even a major. That's just how they did it. Really? No kidding. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if they did it every time, but I think they did. I think they did that every time. Wow. They didn't want to, you know, a, a, a lucky putt or a lucky shot to win. I see. So All right, like they, a 30, earn it. like a 30 foot shot that Corda happened to sink. A yeah, kind of random yeah. occurrence. They wanted a better player to win. Ben Ben Hogan used to play when golfers were golfers. Absolutely. Back, back in, in the, the days. Day. Back in the day. All right. Well, thank you for that golf action. We chime in now because we have big Vendée Globe news. Just oh, huge Vendée Globe news. Did you see this, fellow broadcaster? No. Did you Did you look? Even he knows that <laughs> no, I'm not really no, a fellow yeah, broadcaster. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie Delan has moved back into first and after Louis Berton. Stretch, but it's really neck and neck. I mean, do you see the map? Do you look at the map? No, because the map shows that Breton and Delan are really just next it's to each other. It's fifty miles. Well, it's how Breton they... was winning, and but a look, day later he's behind by fifty listen, miles. Listen to this, though. Okay, so how they actually gauge the distance from each other? Because it's, it's by, a, in miles. It's not, not a miles. set track. No, listen, listen. Yeah, this is important. So it's not a set track because no, you're in the ocean. No, it's how much of the race they've completed. Yeah, but it's not a set track, so they can't exactly measure how much of the race you completed. Because you could take a 500-mile route or a 400-mile right. gotcha. route okay. to get to the same place. So what they're doing is they've set up a, a potential, I think it might have been the route of last year's, last uh, Vendée's winner. And that's how they measure where you are and who's in first. So if you look at this... Yeah. I'm showing you here yeah. that this is the track of the what they measure. Yeah. And this is Delan, and he's a little closer, yeah. and that's Berton. So they're really neck and neck. Berton's going sideways. That's why he's losing. If he would go straight, Well, he has he to might get closer winning. to the coast. I'm disappointed because Pip Hare is now down into 19th place. But she's still only 3,300... And 68.6 nautical miles behind. So I think she's got a fighting chance. Trippon is still in 11th. Is that who you got? I'm, I've am i been guiding him for the last three weeks, <laughs> yeah, and you still never know. I don't who you got. Giancarlo Padotti, my guy, has been solidly in 7th all the way through. Who are you rooting for, Thucydides? Uh, I think I want Patrick Cantlay. Yeah, fair enough. Good, good call. Good <laughs> are there call. any Jews in the Bondi? I don't think. Well, I think we must own all the all the boats, but none of the people who all the, all the people who are in it have. Uh, You're better at not promoting anti-Semitic Maybe Sebastian, theories than Sebastian the anti Simon might be, I guess, but he's out of it. He retired a long time ago. He's not not in it. You know I, who I got now? Who I I got um I got uh Tell Seguin. Us who you got. Seguin. Really, you yeah. think Seguin's going to pull it out? I'm calling it. I'm really? calling it right Sequin now. Sequin is 35, no, only 300. Yeah, but you're not looking behind. at the map. Really, on the map, it's On the map, better. it looks better. Yeah. 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 Yannick Besthaven really seemed like, you know, but but I guess everybody within, within 300, 400 miles has a shot, huh? Well, I'm Would still hoping for Tripon, but Sequin is who I'm uh, guessing. Okay. Now, you know? The NBA's Miami Heat are going to allow some fans to attend their games. But the fans will have to get past coronavirus sniffing dogs what? in order to be admitted. 
A German study last year determined that such dogs detect the presence or absence of the virus correctly 94% of the time. Each arriving fan will be brought to a screening area, and a coronavirus-sniffing dog will be walked past. If the dog sits down, that means the fan won't be admitted. If the dog keeps walking, the fan can too. A rapid antigen test will be available for fans who are allergic to dogs with results back in 45 minutes. Understand that this is all so that some people can go to a basketball game in the midst of a pandemic rather than watching it on TV. USA! USA! Did you, did you ever hear of this, Thucydides coronavirus sniffing dogs? Stupidest thing I ever heard. I, you know, I think this is the dog's revenge on people. I think the dogs <laughs> have figured out. They just sit down occasionally, and some go, some don't go, and so and they don't know anything about a virus. How does this is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. There's no way that can be true. How do There's they no know that, that the accurate. dogs are safe? Do they need coronavirus-sniffing cats to make sure the dogs are good? <laughs> That's a good call. Maybe a corona-sniffing virus then falling lizard. They need they need yeah. some flies to check the cats, and yeah. they need some, you know, it could go on a, forever. All of life is always hard, God, yeah. Yeah. And the dog that sniffed the goat. Yeah. Oh, you got to read your story. Yeah, I know, but yeah. I just... I some every so often, you know, about once or twice a week, I reflect on my life choices, and I always wonder why I'm here. <laughs> I could be anywhere in the world, and I'm here reading uh, Jewishish. Yeah, but the next one's about an Australian rugby former star. Former Australian rugby great David Pockock is calling on all athletes to take prominent roles in fighting climate change. Pockock was arrested for chaining himself to a digger during a coal mining protest in 2014 and was threatened with loss of his rugby contract as a result. He noted in an interview with the BBC that rugby has a particular obligation to climate change endangered Pacific Islands that have been the source of much great rugby talent. Pockock also said that athletes tend to be reluctant to speak out on these issues because sports teams have heavy carbon footprints. His wife, Emma, is in charge of an organization called Front Runners that involves athletes and environmental issues. Pockock told the BBC, quote, Sport is at its best when it's challenging society to face up to these bigger issues, and there's a very long and proud history of sport doing that. This guy sounds good, right? Yeah, he sounds good. Isn't this guy our favorite... Anybody who chains himself to a digger during a coal I mine never protest. I never myself to a digger. That guy's he's ahead got of me. One up, on, yeah. one up on us. But I think his name is pronounced Pocock, would be my guess. Pocock. Okay. And another Lawrence Lehman. And another news. Author of a biography of Johnny Carson and also of the, the 2018 news. book Mar-a-Lago, Inside the Gates of Power at Donald Trump's Presidential Palace, says that Mar-a-Lago has been losing members recently because members are, quote, not concerned about politics, and they said the food is no good, end quote. the other news, and you'd probably rather schmooze. Jimmy Kimmel, who visited Mar-a-Lago six years ago, described it as a miserable place covered in Trump photos and, quote, hunched over people who are eating soft food, end quote. There's whole regions of the United States that could be described that way, though. That's pretty much the Florida. Yeah, that's Florida, the Catskills, and the Poconos right there. I mean, that's a big that's a big voting voting block hunched over people who eat soft food. Yeah. 
Yeah. Comedian Dave Chappelle tested positive for COVID 10 days after being photographed with Elon Musk, Grimes, and others at an Austin, Texas comedy club a few days after Grimes tested positive, but comedian Joe Rogan denies that Chappelle got COVID from Grimes and says he himself has tested negative each day since the gathering. Grimes had announced her positive test by writing on Instagram, finally got COVID but weirdly enjoying the Dayquil fever dream 2021. USA, USA. <laughs> We reported at length yesterday on model Chrissy Teigen's tragic loss of a tooth while eating a fruit roll. We're still talking about this? We're still talking about this? And we really should have put her pain in the context of other celebrity food-related tooth losses. I have a wife, too. I have stuff to do today. And you're sticking me here talking about Chrissy Teigen's tooth that she lost to a fruit roll-up. For instance, just in 2020, model Ashley Graham broke her front tooth Ashley biting Graham. into a frozen cookie. A frozen cookie. And in the cookie. very first moments of the show... Why is she biting into a frozen cookie? Her, her mother made cookies. I Never read mind, this. I didn't want to know. And in the, his very first moments on the show, I'm a Celebrity, singer Russell Watson chipped his tooth while dipping his mouth into a barrel to retrieve the punchline to a joke his game partner Ruth Henschel had delivered while being pelted with rotten tomatoes. Jewishish is prepared to start a GoFundMe campaign to assist celebrities in recovering from such in- injuries. And now it's time Good for idea. Mar- This isn't like you or I losing a tooth on No, the these are people who really need their teeth. In yeah. their faces. You, yeah. you guys are both about to lose your teeth if you don't just get on with this thing. <laughs> Murray. I'm trying it again. Murray. There it goes. All right. Okay. Say the intro. As all listeners know, every well, I'm actually excited about this because I get to do it today. As all listeners know, every Monday we celebrate the people who authored Das Kapital and Endangered Fruits and are like cows with no legs, people known as Murray. And today, wait, so Stu, aren't I doing it? Yeah, you're doing I'm it. I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm doing it. Okay, yeah. so folks, we have a, a divided Murray today into three parts. The first part of uh, today is some fast facts about Clan Murray of Atoll that we want to fill in since we didn't already know this. First of all, the Gaelic name of Maria Vetol is Mac Murch. Mac what? Mac Murch. Mac what? <laughs> is he okay? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's got something stuck in his throat. I'm sorry, the team must have had something in it. How do you spell it? M-H-L-E-C-H. What? M-H-U-I-R-I-C-H. That's a Klingon word. We have to get Estelle on that Yeah, well, one. if you think that's a Klingon word, listen to their motto. Oh, I want to hear their motto. We are all atolls. <laughs> <laughs> the atolls forever. The mur- motto of Clan Murray of Atoll, of the Gaelic name Machmer, is Firth Fortune and Fell the Fetters. What? <laughs> I don't know. That's what it says Firth everywhere. Firth Fortune I and Fill the Fetters? Yeah, Firth Fortune. Look, it's even on their crest with a guy who has no shirt on. Oh, jeez, that's <laughs> an ugly look. Whoa, that's a foul thing. We have to post that. What is a fetter? I don't know. 
It's like an imprisoning thing? Like handcuffs? Well, that's the usual thing. I don't okay. know what felling the fetters is. So say it again. Firth. Firth, fortune, and fill the fetters. Firth, fortune, and fill the fetters. Lots okay. of acts. The right. badge, their badge, is they the butcher's broom. Too. The butcher's broom. The butcher's yes. broom. The, so at the, the, the at Murray's of Atoll, a very into alliteration, I think, is the thing that we have discovered today. Yes. 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 They like their repeated consonantal sounds. Uh, for the second half of this, we're going into a little case study. Oh, sorry. Hold on. I have to talk about the crest real quick. Yeah. Uh, the Murray of Atoll clan crest, according to Scott's Connection, uh, scottsconnection.com, um, is a demi-savage wreathed around the waist and head, holding a dagger in his dexter hand and a key in the sinister. Was that the guy with no shirt? Yeah. Ah. Um, he has a beard, too. Uh, anyway, okay, so continuing on here. Uh, so right now, as we know, Bruce Murray, since 2012, has been His Grace, the 12th Duke of Atoll. Uh, not only is he the clan's chief, and here, here comes our second case study here. Uh, not only is he the clan's chief, but fun fact, he commands Europe's only private army, the Atoll Highlanders. Really? Wow. He's the only one with a private army in all of the continent. Uh, in 2012, he and the Atoll Highlanders visited the Massachusetts town of Athol. That, really? has, that has one L instead of two. They lost oh. one of the L's. Yes. To help celebrate the 250th anniversary of its incorporation, one of its founders was the second Duke of Atoll, who gave it its present name. So that explains how they got to the states, is they founded a place called Atoll in Massachusetts. Uh, and then just spread years. out from there? Yeah. Yeah? Um, for a so, third, so what else does the private army do besides go visit Massachusetts? Well, I, I was going to give you a little history Oh, first. please, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the regiment was raised first, the first time it was raised, was in Perthshire by John Murray, 4th Duke of Atoll, as the 77th Regiment of Foot. <laughs> that was in 1777. Uh, it spent most of its existence in Ireland, despite being a Scottish clan, uh, but is, it's also served uh, uh, very largely as relief for other regiments in North America. Uh, its second raising was in 1839, George Murray, the sixth duke. And uh, since then, it's uh, been raised every so often when people feel like raising a private army, um, especially to help, help a South African clan, uh, the Transville Scottish of South Africa. Um, so in other words, they helped suppress the Irish for the British Empire, and they helped maintain ap apartheid. And, and glorious history. Uh, we, um, yeah, there's also not good stuff in North America. Really? Yeah. 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 Well, that makes it less fun what I was going to do for my third thing. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is a little more sad. But I had, uh, I thought, uh, in, in, well, maybe we don't want to celebrate now. Why? What is it? What do you got? Well, I was going to do... The first rendition on air of Jewishish of the Atoll Highlanders jig. Oh, let's definitely which, which hear Which was it. a jig written uh, in a collection of three other tunes uh, in the 79th Farewell to Gibraltar. Oh, yeah, let's definitely hear that. And so it's composed of three parts here and it's in 6-8 time in the key of A. Uh-huh. Um, 
And without further ado. No further ado. No further ado. Yeah, here is here. the Highlanders jig. Yes. That was a sight reading. I'm sorry I couldn't uh, do it with as much panache as I, I would, might have I hoped, thought that but, was plenty of panache. But I that's, thought that that's was a, the uh, Atoll Highlanders jig. Yeah, I thought that was terrific. I think that's, uh, that's the first ever Murray Monday we had accompanied with the live original performance. Well, no, I wrote a, a song for the clan. Remember that? Oh, that's true. But this was really... This was really... Musical. You didn't like my song I for liked the clan? It. I liked it. But you didn't like my song longer. for the clan? I worked hard longer. on the song for the clan. This was longer. And this is the appreciation you show me? No, I This think is that the appreciation you show You I know how hard I worked on too. the clan, Murray? I worked very to, hard to on the honest, clan, To be honest, I don't have any recollection me of it. Me neither. <laughs> oh, all right. That was the second best I've heard. Does that make you feel better? Well, I only cite Reddit. You don't have to be critical. I'm just blown away. There's a whole private army of Athols. Yes, <laughs> the Athol army. We're trying to change the subject yeah, up yeah. to be nice. Yeah. I understand. Uh, well, thank you. That was the most excellent. So, who who's got the next uh, Murray? Is that you or me, Hugh? I think it might be you. Okay, I will do it next week then. That's splendid. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for um, for um, your always. <laughs> Presence, thank you for being on to. Thank you for that wonderful rendition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're just here waiting for the na 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 na's now. Who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl, too? Yeah, me too. I want Brady to get knocked down a lot. Na 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 na
What are y'all looking at me for? <laughs>